this new series called uh, Storm Chasers. It's, it's on Discovery Channel. I love the Discovery Channel, and I, I like this show because basically what it is, is it's these, these guys chasing storms. They, they you know, uh, and, and they're, you see like these cars, you'll see a storm in the background, and a line of cars, this traffic jam coming away from the storm, and then you'll see these, idi- uh, these uh, scientists... Uh, <laughs> In their like, like modified vehicle, kind of like going, going towards the storm. And so you know, I was talking to the staff about this and we were talking as leaders and we were just kind of talking about what if we were those types of people in our faith? Uh, because we're all going to go through storms. I mean, you can't stop from going through a storm. Now, some of them we bring on ourselves, right? I mean, some of us are in a financial storm right now because uh, we uh, lacked wisdom early on. Some of us are in a relational storm right now because we were, you know, we had other priorities uh, before. And some of us are in storms in, um, uh, uh, as it comes into uh, our, our job, you know, because maybe we picked the wrong job or whatever. But other storms just happen. A doctor walks in and says, we got the results. Or, or your kid walks in and says, I'm pregnant. Or your spouse walks in and says, I'm leaving. I mean, things that are really hard, hard stuff. Other storms are brought on by Satan, who just wants to see you destroyed. And so he'll, he'll bring in stuff. And so how do we, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are some people who do okay in the storm. One of the, in the, in the uh, series, they have this vehicle called the TIV, which is a tornado intercept vehicle. I want one so bad. <laughs> and I don't even, there's not even, I mean, there's the Santa Anas. I'd be measuring them. They got like things on them. I'd be, and and what, what they do is they, they take that thing as close to the storm as they can, hoping that it'll intercept them. And one of them has these killer like little things that shoot out and like lock it into the ground, you know, and, and, and they have cameras on all this stuff. And so it's just so, man, I love that stuff. And they got laptops with all these like dials and stuff and like weather patterns. And then they argue and it's just really great. But the, the, the idea is to gather information about the storm and to videotape it. So they have to, to make money because they can sell these videotapes because who doesn't want to see somebody in a tornado, right? I mean, I'd totally pay for that. So, um, and have. But, uh, and, and so they got this, t- and, and, and we started thinking, uh, um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be neat to be those types of people that can handle the storm well? And then it seems like there's other people where it's like, they, you know, they, they name these, 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 all these storms have these categories. So it's like an F1, an F2, an F3, F4, you know, it goes on. It's like some people like a little F1 and they're completely, you know, it's like drama mama, the whole thing. They can't, they can barely handle what's going on. And then there are other people who can, it seems like they can handle anything. Well, the Bible talks about the people who can handle anything. It also talks about the people who can't. And it kind of gives us some clues as to how we could be those people who can handle the tough storm. How we can, how we can face those challenges. Now, again, this isn't about taking unnecessary risk. Like, I'm just gonna, 
I'm just going to take my 401k and go to Vegas and I'm going to face the storm head on, you know. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's coming from the perspective that we are going to face storms. And some of us, you're going, yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like it's just a continual weather, you know, tornado season from the time I was 16 all the way to the time now. It just seems like there's storm after storm after storm. Well, God ha- talks about that, and God talks about ways that we can be that type of person that can handle those things well. And so what I'd uh, like us to do is to turn to the book of Daniel chapter 2, and I want to set up what's going on here so that we know we're going to talk about a very famous story in the Bible about Daniel and the lion's den. So if you're, even if you've never come to church before, and this is like your first time here, first of all, welcome. We're very glad you're here. But even if this is like your first time, uh, you've probably heard of this story, Daniel and the lion's den. So we're going to talk about that and see what we can't learn uh, from Daniel. Um, But basically what happened was, Israel got taken into captivity by the Babylonians. Okay, this is their storm. They had their own land. They were there. They had uh, Judah uh, and Israel. We had the, uh, um, these two kingdoms and everything's going great. And, and God got angry with the nation. If you read the Old Testament, uh, God's anger usually happens because of one of two things. You're worshiping idols or you're not taking care of the poor. Those are the two things that seem to get God mad. And so when you read the prophets who are seeing this, they're going after the, the, the nation of Israel saying, listen, you're following after false idols, you're worshiping false idols, and you're not taking care of the poor. They were going through this period of prosperity, and they were just leaving their own people behind. And they were just partying it up and, going, and doing all this idol worship. And so God got upset, and they went into this Babylonian captivity. Well, when they did, that king at the time took all the kind of best-looking, strapping young guys uh, and brought them all in to work in the palace. So he wanted them strong and smart and all this kind of stuff. And there were four guys who, who kind of rose above everybody else. Hananiah, Mishael, uh, Azariah, and Daniel. And they changed their names. The king changed their names to good Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Balteshazzar. I would have gone for Balteshazzar because I think that's cool. But that was, that was Daniel. And so they're, they're kind of in the situation. They've already done some things where um, the, the, the king wanted to feed them something that they didn't want to eat. And so they kind of pushed the limits a little bit and said, just let us eat what's kosher for us and see what happens. And 10 days later, they're looking even more ripped than before it's like a like an Atkins diet or something I don't know what it was vegetables you know so I guess that's not Atkins but um it's like a rabbit I I guess but anyway um and and so so uh they start to get known and Nebuchadnezzar the king has this dream and he calls all his magicians and wise people and says hey I need help with this dream and they said sure Tell us the dream and we'll interpret it for you. And Nebuchadnezzar goes, "Uh uh-uh. You tell me the dream and you interpret it. Now, that's impossible. I mean, I hear some of your dreams. I wouldn't even think to ever come up with anything like that in my life. How are you going to come up with someone's dream 
You know, someone says, what did I dream last night? Ah, you were a giant donut, and then, uh, you know, you caught on fire, and then you started flying. You, you know what I mean? It's like dr- a dream, you, know, you could guess at something else, but a dream you can't even guess at. So they were going, this is impossible. And so Nebuchadnezzar says, I want all you guys dead. Now that is a storm. That's a storm. If you're, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, you know, I got relationship problems or whatever, it's not as much as if I said, I want all of you guys dead. Of course, I don't have any power, but I mean, all of a sudden, how does Daniel respond to this storm? Because see, storms, they kind of brew. I don't know if you notice this, but they kind of brew. So sometimes in relationships, you'll find yourself in a, a marriage storm that didn't just show up. It it's kind of been brewing for a while and it's been escalating and that F1 becomes an F2 and an F3 and an F4 and F5. There's a way to be able to maybe handle a storm right when it happens that might help us get through it. And this is what Daniel does. This storm hits and it's a, it's a big one and it's gonna affect him and his buddies. And so what Daniel does like if you've got the news that that lump is cancerous or you got that teacher in high school, you hate that teacher or you, uh, the spouse is leaving or you lost your job or whatever, how would you think, what would be a healthy way to respond to that? Well, you know, well, you'd, you'd certainly pray about it. You'd, you'd call up your buddies. You'd call up your small group, hopefully, if you're in a small group and say, man, I'm, I'm about ready to go through it. I, I'm going to need to hunker down. But Daniel does something different that I think if we could catch a vision for this as a church, as a family, as a, as a people, I think it's going to go a long way in how we face the storms that are coming. Storms in, in our relationships together, storms in our family, storms that we have to help walk someone through. So uh, Daniel chapter 2, basically, let me, let me set it up real quick. It's not on the, on the board here, but um, it says, this, this made the king so angry, the fact that they couldn't, they couldn't uh, do this. This is in verse 12. And furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. And men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Now watch how Daniel handles this and see if we can't uh, learn something for ourselves. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment. See, oftentimes what happens in my own life is the way I respond to the storm already puts me at a disadvantage. I don't know if you've ever done it, but I overreact, or maybe I, 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 I don't like what's happening, so I make a... I don't know if you've ever done this. I've never done this, but I've heard about it happening in marriages before. Um, your wife, or husband, your husband um, says something, and you think... You know, maybe you're sensitive about something or, and so they say something and then you come back with just like an uppercut. Like, you know, you're just, you're, you're in a rage. You're just kind of like, you feel either disrespected or whatever. And then they describe, they explain what they meant. And it was like the opposite. And now you're sitting in like an F5 that you created, right? Because you flew off the handle. 
See, let me, give you, let me give you the point for today that you can fill in in the blanks. How you approach the storm matters greatly. When that storm happens, and they will happen, how you first approach that storm has a big impact on how you're going to get through it and how I'm going to get through it. So when I get that news, how am I going to go about it? And Daniel goes about it with discernment and discretion. And have you ever met or have you ever been, I've, I've met and have been that person that lacked discretion. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And had I only just kind of, kind of backed off a little bit, then um, I would have been fine. Now imagine a church where like a, something starts brewing in the church. Maybe there's something going on in a ministry or maybe there's, and, 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 and all of a sudden there's an F1 and it's swirling around and we're a people that handle that with discernment and discretion. How many, I mean, think about what we know about church. How many churches would survive a storm if we would just in the very beginning handle it with discernment and discretion rather than reaction, right? So this is what he does. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment. If you, if you, um, if you have an NIV, it says wisdom and tact. The captain of the king's bodyguard who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. Let me kind of give you an idea of what the Bible says about discernment. In uh, Proverbs eleven twenty two, check this out. It's such a great thing. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. <laughs> I couldn't find one about men, but uh, I try. No. But isn't that true? Like, in other words, what it's saying is, I don't care what worldly thing you got going on, whether you're beautiful or powerful or rich or really smart. If you lack discretion, you're like a gold ring in a pig's snout. It, what, what are you doing? What are you doing there? And we've seen this. Haven't we seen this so many times with professional athletes or beautiful people, famous people, powerful people? It doesn't matter what you have. If you lack discretion, you are going down. That storm, you can't handle the storm because you didn't approach the storm with discernment and discretion. You're one date away, one financial decision away, one uh, quote away, one... Anyway, sorry, I don't know why that came to my mind. Um, you're just one step away from disaster. And there's another one too I, I wanted to read. It says, on the lips of the discerning wis- uh, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. See, what I'm hoping that we do this week and in the weeks to following as we kind of go through this, this uh, series of how do we handle the storms facing them head on is that first reaction. When you first get the letter, when you first, someone first just comes in and says, you know what your problem is? To be able to just calm down, look and take readings and find out about yourself and your God, what's going on. So let's see what happens. So um, he, he approaches, um, 
uh, with discernment. And then, uh, verse, 27, uh, verse 17, Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now listen, he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. This is the next step. Once we first take this initial reaction with discernment and discretion, then we go to our small group and we get on our knees and pray. Or you can do it, you can just quickly get on your knees and pray and ask for discretion and discernment. I mean, whichever way you want. I mean, that, this isn't a, a key to how to handle it. But these elements should be there when we first get the news. Discretion, discernment, prayer, and, and rallying our, our community around us. Now watch this, this is so cool. Um, so he's going there so that they're not executed. So let's not over-spiritualize it. Daniel's scared. He's not all spiritual right now. I mean, he is because he's praying, but he's scared. So it's okay when the storm hits. You don't have to handle it like, that's okay. I actually wanted cancer. It'll see how strong, you know, I mean, it's okay to pray. God, please. Jesus did it in the Garden of Gethsemane. What did he say? Father, oh, if it, you know, please remove this cup, right? And so we see Daniel saying, and I watch, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Could you imagine what that would be like? You're praying and you wake up and you're like, got it. You know, you'd be so excited. And so uh, Daniel praised the God of heaven. And, and, and uh, I want to read this, what he says. He says, um, man, I got to get a bigger Bible or better eye, eyesight. Uh, he says, praise be to the name of God, uh, uh, of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God, my Father, uh, God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Daniel gets in this storm and he, guess what he learns? He takes some readings and he gets some information about himself and about his God. And he comes out the other end and it's like, this is awesome. And some of us have gone through those storms in our lives where you're going through something and you're going, how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? And when you make it, you just go, God is awesome. And maybe it didn't even turn out the way you thought. Maybe it even turned out worse. But you come out and go, man, God is great. Now watch what happens. So he goes, uh, he goes to the king. And the king says, are you, uh, in verse uh, 26, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel's like, totally. There was this giant donut. No, okay. Daniel says, Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain the king, uh, to the king the mystery he has asked about. See, da Daniel took some readings and he found out something about himself and his God and he realized, I can't do this on my own. And so he just says as much to the king. Nobody can do that. I didn't have a chance to make it through that storm. Then he says, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. 
See, Daniel came out of the other end with his readings and all the stuff, and he goes, you know what I found out? I found out there's a God in heaven that reveals mysteries. And some of you guys are right there in the middle of the storm, whether it's financial or relational or whatever. You're right there. And let me tell you, there is a God in heaven that will reveal to you what it is you're supposed to do. Even in the storms you helped create, God is there to rescue. And Matthew says that uh, Jesus got in a boat and his disciples came with him and uh, they get this big storm and there's waves everywhere and... Um, and everybody, they're freaking out. And they're bailing out stuff and the winds are going crazy and they're like, Jesus, save us. And Jesus was sleeping. Sleeping. I don't like Jesus. He just, he's too good. No, right? This, this is what we want to be. This is exactly what we want to be. We want to be in the midst of the storm going, God, I place my trust in you. And Daniel does that. And then Jesus just calms the storm. It's so awesome. At the end of that day, those disciples were praising God going, you know what? Who is this guy that the wind and the seas obey him? See, they came out of that storm knowing something about themselves because Jesus said to them, oh, you have little faith. And they learned something about their God. Who is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? And so he tells Nebuchadnezzar what happens and Everything works out great. He gets promoted, and it's everything you, you want to happen in a story. Um, and then, later on, some people get jealous of Daniel. And uh, it's in chapter 6. We're going to move forward. You, in chapter 3, you're going to go through that in your small groups. But uh, in chapter 6, basically what happens is, all these smart guys, the satraps, the Chaldeans, and all that, they... They, they start getting jealous of Daniel. Now, Daniel at this time is 80 years old. He's on king number four for him. Now, watch the difference between Daniel now and Daniel then as he goes through the storm. It's awesome because Daniel has gone through these storms. He watched his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into a, the fiery furnace. I don't know if you remember that, but they're wrapped in turbans and all this stuff and they get thrown well you'll read about it for your small group stuff fantastic amazing what happens and so these guys are getting jealous of him and so they're trying to they're trying to figure out what's going on and so they're trying to trap him now watch look at look at daniel so uh now daniel so distinguished himself this is it's not up on the thing but uh, in verse three now daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps by his ex- uh, exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom right i don't know if you've ever been in a job where you're just about to get promoted and then everybody starts taking shots at you this is exactly what happens at this the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against daniel in his conduct of government affairs but they were unable to do so so they could find no corruption in him. Now watch, watch. Because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. See, Daniel had learned some things. Daniel was wise. He went into situations with discernment and discretion. And he wasn't, it wasn't just that he wasn't corrupt. I mean, that's, shoot, if we could just get that from our government, we'd be happy, right? But he was neither corrupt nor negligent. The guy was a hard worker. He wasn't doing things he wasn't supposed to do. And he wasn't not doing 
You know what I'm saying. He wasn't negligent. So watch what they say. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And could you imagine that relationship with God? That people look and they go, man, I can't find anything. The only thing that bugs me is just how much he loves Jesus. It's driving me crazy. It's the only thing that they got. So, so they go to the king and they get this plan. And they say, king, make a decree that nobody can pray except to you. And then, uh, and, and, and it can't be, un, you can't uh, leave it for like 30 days and then you can't take it back. And he's like, ah, oh, that sounds killer. All right, great, great idea, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, they do that. Now watch what happens in verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. See, you're starting to get this picture of Daniel. And you're starting to get this idea that what if we were a people? What if we were a church that as, as we began to see different storms in each other's lives and we began to kind of face these storms, we did it with discernment and discretion, not overreaction. And then we just began to be on our knees going, God, whatever you bring my way, I want to find out more about myself and about you. This is what Daniel does. And so the men, come, they bust in the, through the door. Like, you know, like if it were now, they'd bust in and then the, the other guys would come in on the zip lines, you know, and come w- going through the thing. And then like the helicopter would come up right at the window where he's praying, you know, and you'd be going, if you're watching it on TV, you'd be like, no, run, Daniel. You know, Daniel would be, you know, you know, right? But Daniel doesn't say a word. We don't have any record of what Daniel said. We do back at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we learn a lot about that. You can read that when you do your small group stuff. But it's like Daniel's 80 years old. And he's just like, oh, seen it. You know, oh, here we go again. Oh, wow, that's a nice, nice helicopter. Where'd you guys get that? You know, they're putting him in, you know. He's just calm. See, Daniel knows he's gone through the storms and and he's learned some things about himself and he's learned some things about his God and he approaches these things with discernment and discretion. So watch what happens. So the king, he freak, he, the king's freaking out because the king loves Daniel and is trying to get out of this thing and he spends a whole day trying to do it and he can't, okay? So um, uh, it says, then the king said, Daniel who is one of the, oh, I'm sorry, let me see. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. So, so the king gave an order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, listen to what he says. Listen to how this guy has gone through these storms and what kind of man he's become. May your God, whom you serve continually, save you, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. He couldn't sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den where he came near the den. He called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions now 
I don't know about you, because there's a verse right after this, but if I were in the lion's den, I wouldn't have said anything at first. <laughs> I would have like tried to freak him out a little bit. Have you ever done that? I don't know if you ever done that. One time my mom, uh, uh, um, yeah, no, forget it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I didn't tell that story first service, and now I know why, because I have discernment and discretion. Uh, but, you know, wouldn't you? You're like in there with the lions, you know, you got, you're like, you've named them all by now, right? Anyone who's, who's like an animal person has like already been like, who's my baby lion? You know, you've been like all hugging them, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so you're in there, and then you hear that, and you know, you'd be thinking to yourself, yeah, I'll let him sweat it out a little bit. Or, you know, my leg, you know, whatever. You know, you try to, try to get him going. Here's what Daniel says. Daniel answered, O king, live forever. Which is how you, pre- you know, it's, it's, he, this isn't a doctrinal thesis statement that he's making here. He's just, this is how you approach a king in those days. Now watch. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, O king. It's really cool. The king was overjoyed, and then he basically kills all the people who were after Daniel and, and their kids. It's kind of, that was disturbing. But anyway, it was, it's a good story. Let, let, let me ask you a question, because here's really what it comes down to. Imagine if Daniel was one of those cars that, as the storm came, got in the traffic jam just to get away from it as fast as he could. You know, look, it's 30 days. He's got this edict. I can pray in my closet for a while. We don't have to make a big deal about it. It's just, you know, we'll just wait till the storm passes. And then we'll be back to normal again. Daniel would have missed an unbelievable opportunity to learn something about himself and about his God. And so what he did is he approached the storm with discernment and with discretion. And he said, you know what? I've always been a man of prayer. I'm going to be a man of prayer. I always open my window. I'm going to open my window. And then the storm hits. And guess what happens to Daniel on the other end of that? And, And sometimes I have to ask myself, were there storms in my life that I took the easy way out? That I pushed kind of my way, that I did my thing, that I I took control over it and tried to organize things to have the least amount of discomfort in my life. And I've missed God doing just a great work where I didn't quite tell the whole truth because I didn't want the boss to, I mean, I I technically was done with the report. I mean, I just had to start it, but I mean, I was almost, you know, I wanted to be done. That's got to be worth something, right? And did I miss a chance to, to actually experience the storm and to experience God in the storm? For us as a church, are there storms that come up and we just, we, 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 try, to, we try to get them, we don't want to deal with those types of people or we don't want to do that or this is too much of a financial burden. Or, I, I mean, are, are there times when we just say, you know what, I serve a God. This is impossible for man. It's impossible for me. But there's a God in heaven that can reveal to me what to do.